Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano. Just before we start again today, uh, obviously we want to um, <laughs> say to all our fellow Victorians, um, lockdown again, another five days. Hopefully, fingers crossed, Alex Miller, but um, we're all in this together. We extend our sympathies, of course, to New South Wales too. They're doing it tougher than us at the moment. Um, so to everyone who's sort of battling Except it those out. removalists. Except those <laughs> removalists. But to everyone who's battling it out with COVID across Australia, obviously, stay safe, as we always say. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a been a crazy time for lots of people. But uh, look, we're, we're trucking on and we're excited today to get stuck into a big episode. Alex Stockerty as well. I know you wanted to extend your sympathies to the Silvani family too. Um, the passing of Serge Silvani during the week, um, obviously, was the news. So condolences to, of course, um, the whole family, Jack, Ben, um, Tom, all the boys, uh, Stephen and Joe, obviously. You know, they're, they're, they're a huge part of footy history, the Silvani. So it's always tragic to see um, a, such a great name of uh, footy folklore. Uh, ab- absolutely, Kat. And I think of the, the Silvani name, probably the most popular name in Carlton history, really. And mm-hmm. Serge was Serge was just, uh, I think, all the um, olden olden day Carlton sports will know how how great he was across full back and how that translated into uh, Stephen Silvani, who we've all sort of come to know as yep. probably one of the greatest defenders of this of this generation. But um, yeah, look, all the best to the Silvani family. It's not 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 an easy time for anybody, but uh, the the loss of somebody like Serge would definitely not do them any favors either yeah Serge was actually um not not close to my family but so sort of acquaintances uh he was a regular customer at my uh, uncle's butcher shop for the time that he had it at the Preston market so we'd always chat a bit of footy with him ask him how the boys were going that kind of thing oh wow Um, it is it actually is a small world here (laughs) especially in the Italian community that's for sure um but (laughs) We do have to uh, crack in, obviously, to the news of the week, boys, because it's been COVID chaos um, the past couple of days. We probably heard about five different things yesterday about what was going to happen with the season. We saw clubs flying out of Victoria quickly. I do feel for Miller, especially the Giants and the Swans, who settled themselves in Victoria for the week and now have had to get on the road again and are up in Queensland. Yeah, no, it's a bit of a mess, um, I suppose, from Ballarat to Metricons on the easy trek at the best of times. But I think... um, with the ever-changing fixture, we are seeing that um, definitely lots of things are affecting everyone differently. But, yeah, it's been a crazy week and it's going to be, uh, who knows what, like we said, this could go beyond five days um, and where the fixture looks like and if, you know, what happens with it. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I'd like to be an optimist, but I, I can't see the lockdown finishing at five days. It'll probably end up going another another extra five days and just because, just because Dan Andrews loves a lockdown. Um, but look, it's it's interesting about the um the fixture because a lot of, a lot of the games have been moved to up to Queensland. There's still a bit of debate about what's happening tomorrow as well, um, with Port Adelaide coming into Melbourne as well. Yeah, well, that's I believe, right. Um, I think they've I think they changed the uh, location of the Port and St Kilda game. Where's the Melbourne Hawthorne game? Is it still at the G? Is it? Yeah, it's still at the G. Like, as far as I, as far as I know at the moment, Mel, Melbourne Hawthorne and Collingwood Carlton are still at the G. Yeah, and G. and I think it's my understanding that they're going to keep the St Kilda Port game at Marvel, but I'm hearing that they're going to move it from seven twenty-five to an earlier time, most likely one forty-five. Right, so uh, try and get them out earlier. Yeah, try and get them out early. Well, in terms of in terms of the full fixture updates for the weekend, Richmond and Brisbane tonight will be played at Metricon Stadium. Um, we've got we've got North and Essendon <laughs> playing up there as well. 
uh, as well as the Giants and the Swans. But as, as far as we know, the rest of the games will go ahead as fixtured. Just assumingly, the ones in Victoria will have no crowds allowed. I'm a bit disappointed because I was actually gearing up to go to, to watch Richmond Brisbane tonight at the end. Yeah, MCG. I was too. Um, I was but... not. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I just wanted to watch those boys. I just wanted to watch my Queensland son Zach Bailey uh, destroy <laughs> Richmond again. Yeah, well, um, look, I think yeah, it's going to be interesting as well, boys, because they're posed, you know, shortening the season. So, see how much legs that has over the coming days, week, and and go from there, I guess. Well, the VFL are going to shorten the season, Cat. I think you were onto it um, yeah. earlier in the week. Uh, yeah, well, they had already previously announced that it was just going to be a 19-round 14-game season, but this sort of puts another uh, wedge in it. Most teams have played about nine or ten games so far, but, yeah, they're going to have to get this season to a close. And the same for the VFLW, too, where they've only got the prelim and the grand final left. Um, yeah. Implications as well on the AFLW draft, too, Doc. Yeah, absolutely. The, the draft combine hadn't had a scheduled date yet, but I believe it was supposed to be this weekend or early yeah, uh, I, in the week. So, yeah, well, I, yeah I, think, I think that's what. Yeah, that's what. That's what I was told. Um, but yeah, that that won't happen now. Um, yeah, it's it'll, bit, be, it'll, 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 it'll be a bit like last year where they where they had to do their own two K time trial and then submit their times. I was <laughs> going to say, I wonder if even they might um, push it back a week or something, just so that the the girls can actually get to the combine and things like that. But yeah, they might do. I. Um, do you reckon they push back? With, do you reckon they push back with as well? Oh look, it's every it's every Could. chance. Um, I guess we'll just wait we'll push and see. Back the combine, I'll, I'll push back the draft, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. We'll just wait and see on the news, I guess. In terms of A4W draft news, yeah. sorry, Doc, uh, we had the news yesterday. Uh, Daniel Cherney from The Age broke it that Charlie Rowbottom uh, is nominating for <laughs> Queensland, potentially. Well, well, that's not confirmed yet, but the mail is that she is likely to nominate to um, the Queensland pool, which means Gold Coast has the number one pick. They will just and they will end up right in there. And well, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's an interesting um, situation because uh, there, was, there was some news that I got through on the weekend that the Swans were really, really keen in, in getting her along to, um, to the Swan land to join with uh, Brother Jim at, at Sydney. So well, that's interesting. That's interesting, but geez, how good would that be if they could snag um, Charlie Rowbottom and Tegan Levi in the same draft, Miller? That'd be huge. That'd be um, wow. That'd be a, that'd be a big success, wouldn't it, for the Suns there? Yeah, yeah it, would, it would be enormous. Uh, it would just absolutely you know show up their midfield stocks completely. And even with a new coach, I was sort of asked this by one of the Mungle writers yesterday, who's a, a tragic Gold Coast supporter. What does it What does it do for their their expectations next year? Like, do they? Just it, it's interesting because we I don't know we don't know what Cameron Joyce brings to the table. We don't know what sort of game style no. he brings. You, you'd, you'd imagine it's it'd be some sort of uh, freewheeling, fast-paced sort of movement. And plus, you've got the um, uh, Jackie Austin to come back in as well, who missed all of this year with a knee injury. So, yeah, I think um, just sort of looking at what Cam Joyce did with the Devils throughout the year, he definitely got the best out of his midfielders and his forwards. I think which um, we know the Suns have a lot of young talent in those two sort of lines. Um, and he's obviously quite good at developing them. So I think he'll be a really good um, selection there. But yeah, Robottom, massive get for them. I guess she's sort of like um, a bit of a midfielder type that we haven't really seen in the AFLW yet, Miller. She's like nearly a key position size. I think she's 179 centimetres, something like that. Yeah, like she's, she's, she's massive. She's huge. <laughs> yeah, we We'll be seeing a bit more of that, I reckon, Kat, in the future in the midfield than mm. the talented uh, young women that are coming through. So I'll tell you what, it's a great question, though, where Gold Coast sit 
if they come out of that draft with those two players and, and a new game style and some a fresh sort of look, I guess, on, on the Suns' perspective on, you know, where they're going to go. So it'd be really interesting, I reckon. Even if they play like they did in 2020 when they played really exciting footy, um, they weren't winning every game, but they were definitely bringing it up to every team that they played against. They had a crack every week, Kat, didn't they? Yeah, whereas yeah. this year sort of a kind of rolled over in quite a number of games, I thought. <laughs> but obviously the injuries, um, Jackie yeah. Yorston coming back this year will be fantastic Massive. for them. Massive. Um, so hopefully she gets to get on the park as early as possible. Yeah, um, well, but we will, we will move on um, to the game from last night because we have started the podcast on a Friday this week. And we'll talk about Freo and the Cats, boys. It was a, um, a demolition, to say the least. Uh, I know myself and Doc tipped Freo stupidly. <laughs> um, stupidly. Why, why did we do it, Cat? Why, why did we do it? I just had this feeling that, I don't know, I thought they were going to get it done. But I, yeah. kind of, I, I can see why you boys tipped them. I mean, they're playing for a top eight spot. They're pretty hungry. Mm. It's at home. But I'll tell you what, I think Ge- Geelong are hungrier for a, a top two finish. And it was evident last night, just as you mentioned, Cat, clinical display, 14-16. Um, mm. So 30 scoring shots to 16. Yeah, what, what really stood out to me was that, and me and you talked about it a bit last night during the game, Doc, is that the Cats are just not afraid to play keepings off, really. Just play that tempo footy, maintain possession when the game's, you know, on their, on their uh, terms, because, you know, you want, you want to make the opposition try and bring it to you. And they certainly did not get that from Frio. You know, they had dominated the uncontested possessions, had double the marks of Freo, most of those uncontested, obviously, around the ground. Um, and even when they were delivering it inside 52, 28 marks inside 50 to 2. It's probably the one of the worst performances from the Freo backline I've seen all year long. And obviously, Hawkins led that from the front with his four goals. But just complete domination all over the ground. Yeah, absolutely, and I think well, I've said I've said it for um you know over over the season, Geelong they can be one of the most boring sides to watch, but if there's one thing that yeah, they can hang their hat on is that they're a very good possession retention team, as we've talked about last night, Cap, um, and even in the wet too. I mean, it's not, that was definitely impressive that they could yeah keep that and, level of control with a slippery ball. Any anybody that's played football even at local level will know that playing with a wet football is one of the hardest things to do um it's it's a struggle to to hold the footy to struggle to balance yourself with, with the footy can't can't kick it, it's impossible to kick with composure but the way Geelong did it it was almost like it was another dry night um it was uh I was it was fantastic and so, some of these some of these old heads again uh Dangerfield I thought was brilliant the three goals and 22 touches up in the middle uh, Hawkins, as you said, he was he kicked four goals. A lot, lot of lot of questions whether or not he could cover the loss of both Cameron and Rowan in this game, and he's and he's done that quite quite magnificently. Um, I said this on Twitter last night, but I thought this was Luke Dowhouse's best game mm. in in Geelong colours because look, it's 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 a bit of a transition playing from as a midfielder at the Doggies to playing as a pressure forward at Geelong. But I thought his pressure for four quarters was consistently good. He had the eight tackles, the 17 touches, the one goal one, and the full clearance as well. So he even managed to push himself up the ground as well, Miller. Yeah, I, I really like that call. Probably definitely is one of his better games. If not, yeah, probably his best game for Geelong. I liked as well, boys. Um, you know, Grian Myers coming back into the fold really does add an element for this team, I think. And you definitely you can definitely see they missed him as well. And Kate Jasny, 
Jake is just, uh, he's a star, this guy. Um, you know, 11 marks, 12, kick, uh, 12 touches, 11 of them kicks. He's just such a reliable defender, Cap. Yeah, Chris Scott really manages to get the best out of these guys down in the back line, I think. You know, I, I've never thought a guy like Collar Jasney or Jed Buse or someone like that was ever a player that had that, <laughs> I guess, that level of natural talent that you see in some of the best defenders. But he really does get the best out of that back line group. What, um, what about, what about Sam Menegola? Wow. Sam Menegola. What, what a game from him. He, he was at his, at his regret, boys, that they uh, let him go. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. will be absolutely loving that combination they've got with Menegola and Smith running those wings this year. I don't Best think... wing duo, Kat, do you reckon, in your opinion? Yeah, I'd, this year I would definitely say... Um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say if, if it's not even first, it, it'd be second. It would be, be a close second because... We've criticised we've criticised the cats plenty of time for having pretty stagnant ball movement, but these two guys are just guns at it. Yeah, absolutely. Isaac Smith, like he if he's not if he's not recruited a year, he'd be top three for mine because he just add he just adds another layer of run to Geelong's game, and it's run that it's needed because you look at some of these guys here, like Menegola, we know can run, Guthrie, we know can run, Tui can run, but he's sort of on the back end of it. Um, as is Isaac Smith and Sean Higgins and Joel Selwood, all these mm. all these cats. But the fact is that these that they don't have to rely on you know one specific play. It's not like it's not like 2016 where they had to rely on Patrick Dangerfield to get 40 touches a week and a couple of goals per game to get them over the line. Yeah, is there um is there a case, boys, to for Brandon Parfit to make to say that he's one of the number one pressure players in the competition at the moment? Absolutely. He's had another 10 tackles last night. He's averaging six tackles, averaging 21 pressure acts a game. I think maybe just behind someone like a Hugh Greenwood or someone like that, I would say Parfit is right up there in terms of tackling pressure in the competition. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I, reckon that, I reckon that's a spot-on call, Cat. Uh, he's, he's an unheralded player for mine, uh, the pressure act stand out as well. Like mm. 21 is a, is a – like you can do the tackles and you can do the little things, but those things don't pop on the stats sometimes, the pressure acts, and – um, as well, boys, another young guy has been really good. Quentin Narkel, he's, he's had an interesting season. He's been really, he's been in, he's been out, he's been the sub, he's had dominant displays. He's really just proved how good he can be. And I think the one thing about Quentin is his, his ball use, mm. um, is something that's quite. We talk about leg speed, Doc, as you mentioned, Smith's been a massive acquisition, but getting Narkel's young legs in there and, um, you know, running around making a difference has been huge, and it was probably his best game for the year. I yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. It's I, hard to I, believe he's only played twenty nine games. The yeah. kid, like he's played ten for the year. I think Scott has to keep him in for the rest of the season. Uh, I, I, at this rate, I just yeah. got a question. I just got a question, boys. Just a quick one. Who who would you say right now is the best wet weather player in the game? Because I, I I got this question from a mate last night, and I sort of had to had to stew on it for um for a, a good few hours, but. I'd, I'd have to say that the way Patrick Dangerfield marks overhead, he's got to be amongst some of the some of the best wet weather players. Yeah, um, I think Pendlebury because he plays exactly the same. Like it's dry the way he bloody handles the football and kicks it, so he'd be up there. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I think um, I think Danger's a good shout, Doc. Like he's yeah, he didn't change his game at all, really. Last night, I thought the whole Geelong midfield really didn't have to change their game at all. If anything, they just sort of raised the intensity a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, early Freo were getting those clearances. I thought the first quarter, the first quarter and a half, 
they were, I think, quite strong in the middle, but it just sort of dropped off as the game went by. Uh, there's one guy that we have to mention from Freo that would be absolutely remiss if we didn't, and it's horrible to see him go down uh, with the MCL injury after the game. Sean Darcy. The big uh-huh. fridge! Absolutely elite performance, and I'm shattered that we're probably not going to get to see him at all for the rest of the year, boys, because he's probably last five or six weeks have probably been the best of any Ruckman in the comp. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I think absolutely. I would even be prepared to say he's all Australian. He would be, he would would be if we finished the season today. Yeah. He'd be all Australian. I, I reckon. Australian I, mean, I reckon he'd have a case for sure. Um, I think he'd be in the squad gonna, at the very least. Yeah, I think so. It's gonna it's gonna really affect them. I think boys in their um, back end of the season because if Rio, you know, massive you know um, roadblock last night, which was not getting that win, he's gonna hurt their chance for the eight. But. Losing your number one ruck. What do you what do you reckon they do, boys? Do you think you structure up and bring um, Lloyd Meek back in, or just Lob play a large well, portion of the ruck? Well, or? well, Lob went off injured last night as well, so they're now yeah. almost very depleted for tools. So they're going to have to bring Meek back in because Tabner's out as well. Yeah, I think Tabner's another couple of weeks. I think. Jeez, it's all sort of falling apart for Frio now. I think with these outs, I think. Big Kahuna. Big Kahuna in I was pretty pretty on Freo to make finals, but I think with these injuries they're copping now, I just can't see them winning enough games at the business end of the year to to stay in the eight. They've got the Swans next week, followed by the Tigers, the Lions, West Coast, and St Kilda. Uh, half of those teams are teams that are either already consolidated in the eight or really want to be in the eight. Freo could very well lose their next three of their next four or something like that and end up in that 11th position to finish the year. I, I could see them making a, an upward trajectory similar to Sydney's uh, this year in 2022. I think yeah. that could, I think that could push up for a top six spot. Absolutely, because uh, I was going to say, boys, if you, if we looked at last night as an example, that's sort of the gap that you'd expect from a Fremantle side in terms of very injury riddled this year, young side development, Longmuir second year. They've done pretty well to get to where they are. So I think mm-hmm. it shows that there still is obviously a gap between teams like Geelong and. Um, you know, Melbourne and Brisbane and those other top contenders, Bulldogs and whatnot. So towards the lower end of the uh, eight in terms of probably that eight to 12 mark. So Geelong just flexed their muscles and they were really good. So they deserve to win. And um, luckily I tipped them, but I only tipped them by six points. Yeah, geez, no. I wasn't confident um, with my tip for Freo. Either. I think I only did a seven point margin or something like that. But Yeah, no, I, I think I had Freo by five points. Let's have a look back at the last weekend, boys. We'll give out who's the man from the round that was previously. Um, Doc, you want to start us off? Because I know you've got one of our favourites <laughs> as your man for this week. Yes, well, what is one of our favourite players, but this was a game that I would not consider a favourite at all, um, especially because my side lost to this mob. Um, no, look, fair play to the Swans. I thought they were the, they were the best side on the, uh, on the day. They didn't, uh, we didn't look anywhere near it. Um, but one man that really carved us up in that opening half was uh, Jordan Dawson, boys. And I thought you could make the argument, yeah, Jake Lloyd played well. Callum Mills was was outstanding in the middle again. But it doesn't start. It doesn't. It doesn't happen unless Jordan Dawson's getting it off the wing and halfback, boys. Three, three goals straight, twenty six possessions, six marks, five hundred eleven meters gained, boys. Seven score involvements, seven intercepts. He was doing it all, boys. He's and, a star, and, and, isn't he, Miller? He's an absolute star. Oh, he's a he's a beautiful boy. He's my son. <laughs> um, we love the way he goes about it. He was outstanding. 
Also, seventeen pressure acts as well from somebody like Jordan Dawson, on, who's more who's more renowned as an outside player than an inside player. But he, he I, was, I know you love it when an outside player likes to get their hands dirty as well, Doc. Uh, that's it, mate. That's uh, that that that's that's the law of it. If, if you're an outside player and you get your hands dirty, then I'm then you know I bloody love you. Uh, <laughs> also the also the eleven contested possessions. So yeah, not only was he actually getting it done on the outside, he was getting it done on the inside, and that's that's. I tell you, no one talks about this. No one talks about this guy enough. We we do because we're good. Um, <laughs> but uh, Jordan Dawson, how good was he? How good was he? Outstanding, really good call there. No, well said, Doc Miller. Who is your man this week? I'm going to the snooze fest that was somehow Friday night footy, which was uh, yes, I was I was there. I was not sleeping in the stands. No, you would have been up and about, mate. Your, your mob was outstanding. Yes, and then we're getting over the crows with ease by 63 points. And a guy who set the tone from the start and all game was a leader. Uh, a guy who's re-signed and going to be there for the long haul. Zach Merritt, 35 touches, uh, three tackles, five clearances, 508 meters game, which was really good for him. Six inside 50s. Eight score involvements, 80% efficiency as well, Kat. Um, you know, we've raved about Merritt for years. Um, and he's shown as well why he's worth the pennies. He's been hey, great. Can, this year. Uh, but just before you t- talk to talk about your man, Kat, I just want to mm. say, I reckon the next month is going to be estimates for the taking. The If they can continue to play the way that they're playing, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll somehow manage to weasel their way into one of the last two <laughs> spots in the eight. Look, I'm hoping um, I will be more confident if we can get back to Victoria and play the Giants and the Swans here. I was very much looking forward to those two games for the home ground advantage. We always play the Giants well at Marvel, and the Swans, obviously, we know is always a good game when we come up against them. Yeah. Um, so if we can get back down to Victoria, I'll be more confident. If, uh, if, I want to see a big win against the Roos this week. Well, you, you've also got um, the Bulldogs and the Gold Coast Suns in the next five weeks. So if you can even get at least three of those five, you, you, you can, I reckon you can almost pencil yourselves into September, mate. Well, it's another thing where I wonder if it's worth making finals and, you know, another, no doubt if we do make it, we'll be playing a hard opponent and probably interstate as well, because we know Port, Brisbane, Sydney are all sort of hovering around that um, mark, which, you know, I don't know if it will be demoralizing for the, for the young guys to have another finals loss or honestly, if they come in and they feel like they can win it, I think that would be, an achievement in itself. I, I, I feel like Truck would have those boys up and about. Tell them, like, look, regard, regardless of the result, you know, embrace the challenge. Mm. I like that. Who, who have you gone though for your man, Cat? Uh, you had a couple of choices, <laughs> but you've gone with a, a meaty favourite of ours at A3. Uh, I have gone with a meaty favourite. I've I've rocked up to the uh, rocked up to the kebab shop and I've said, uh, give me meat, give me some meat, give me some chicken. Put it in a wrap and give me the big Suva <laughs> I thought for a big man playing in wet weather on a Monday night, he had an absolutely outstanding game. Kicked the three snags, eight touches, five marks. Three of those were contested as well, boys. Five score involvements. He was just, uh, when the game was sort of swaying back and forth, he was sort of right there to... To put his boys up, the third quarter he kicked two of those goals and had two of his marks, which I thought was probably one of his best quarters in his career so far. Um, North supporters are really high on him at the moment, and I don't blame them. He's starting to kick, I guess he's sort of been that one or two goal game forward so far, but now a few weeks he's kicked bags of three, um, and I think the North supporters can see what he's starting to sort of build 
uh, as his game. You know, he's still only young. Like he's 23. He's sort of starting to hit that age where key forwards start to really break out. Um, and I think if he has another good couple of weeks, his confidence will be riding high. As long as he doesn't have a good week this week against the Bombers, <laughs> I'm very happy. But uh, no, absolutely outstanding game from the Big Sooth. Yeah, great call. I suppose just a quick comment on Larky before we get to tonight's preview. I think the thing with him as well, Kat, is that he's had a very interesting season because a lot of expectation with Ben Brown leaving, but also his it, where the, he's been playing centre-half well, but his full forward uh, teammate has been rotating. You know, we've seen... Mm. Um, Cherry go down there. Walker was down there at the start of the year. Uh, they had Tommy Campbell down there. Goldstein's played time down there. So he's really, he's had a bit of a rough time trying to get a sort of a, a twin to go with him. But I think yeah, he's got massive upside. So very excited to see what he can produce next year. But tonight's game, boys. Yes, oh. tonight's game. Miller, I don't oh. know how excited you are for this one. So the Tigers <laughs> are taking on the line tonight. Well, the, I, I just got to say, the way that Richmond are traveling, I, I think he, I, I don't think he could get any more out of Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll just have a look at the teams first, boys. Obviously, the news during the week, Miller, that Matty Parker is making yes. his debut for the Tigers, which is fantastic to see. Kane Lambert and Toby Nankervis coming back in. Great ins. A um, few of the young boys making way for them. Paddy Nash, Riley Collier-Dawkins and Tommy Dow all omitted from the side. I think, um, obviously, oh, you probably Collier-Dawkins see... not even in the emergencies, cat. No, I know. I don't know. He's been absolutely stiffed here. Um, but I know you want to see the young boys play more game time, Miller, but it's probably one of the stronger teams you've fielded in probably the past month with these ins coming back. Um, so you'd probably have to be, I don't know if I'd say confident, but at least the lineup <laughs> looks pretty decent. I think confidence uh, stretching the, the words a bit there, Cat. Look, I think um, Matty Parker's a nice in. I think it's good finally seeing someone in the VFL get rewarded with game time. Uh, Josh Cuddy had 37 touches in a goal and, Jimmy says, I hate you, uh, so you will never return to the team. Um, but, yeah, look, there's some interesting – I'm not sure how uh, Garthwaite's still in. I thought Mansell yeah, was good last week. Pickup was very average. Castagna, how, how's he getting the game still, boys? Yeah, no yeah Castagna was poor. Um, I'm surprised Caddy poor for 12 months, in. Doc. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Caddy should have been on the wing for Pickett, probably. Yeah, but I think we're always calling anyway, for Pickett's head every week. I, I don't think – Look, it's Jack's 300th. You'd hope they show a bit of a bit of bloody pizzazz and give a bit of something. But look, I think as well, Brisbane got a couple of big ads. Mm. Marcus Adams and Eric Hipwood are the headlines. Obviously, Hipwood gone for the year with the ACL, which is terrible news. And the barometer, the medical sub, uh, <laughs> the barometer of the VFL, mate. Um, the, the, barometer in, my, the barometer of my toilet. Everyone <laughs> in Pryor, Lester and Ful, uh, Fulton. So. I'm interested with this stock. I think um, I think we're obviously seeing Fulton in because they want to still run that three tools uh, structure. It's been working for them well with Danaher, McStay and Hipwood. Obviously, we know McStay likes to be the sort of stay-at-home forward at full forward. Danaher gets around the ground in the ruck. Hipwood sort of leads off centre-half forward. Um, and I think I, I'm interested to see who sort of takes on what role now because obviously without Hipwood down there, they probably need that extra marking target and probably don't want Danaher delivering it inside 50 quite as much. You'd, you'd probably say Danaher's a stay at home full forward this week and and McStay, you'd probably, I think McStay's been a very handy option for our Brisbane last few years. He needs mm, to lift so, though, doesn't he, Doc? Though, with yeah, I, I, he I had a really good start to the year, um, McStay, but he's gone uh, quiet. I think if the Lions if the Lions are to do anything, you know, at the business end, he's got to he's got to perform consistently for mine. Um, another one that's got to perform. Can Charlie Cameron introduce himself to the footy this week? I think I think he only had about I think he only had about five or six touches uh, last week and couldn't get anywhere near it. 
They're sort of um, almost hitting the the poor form at the wrong time, uh, Doc. Like it's it's also swinging downwards for the Lions at the moment. <laughs> and obviously they had the big win against the Crom and that good win against the the Cats a few weeks ago. But as I say, a week's a short time in um or a long time in footy. Sorry. And if they yes. lose this week, we're going to see the pressure starting to pile on the Lions. I think. Yeah, I, I think so. And and uh, look. I don't know what happened to Brisbane last week because I think they've been one of the form sides of the comp the last you know two months before they well, shockingly lost to the St Kilda. Yeah, they'd won eleven of their last twelve, Doc, before they lost last week. So you got to, I suppose, you got to expect a little lapse. But it's interesting, you know, Kat, you're talking about teams hitting form at the right time. They've really seen the Saints lift, mm-hmm. um, Geelong's lifted to another level, Essendon are coming home hard. Um, even though they're not going for the um, eight north to really produce good footy. The Suns are even pushing now. Mm. Um, so it's the right time to get into a bit of touch. I've, I've got to ask you, Miller, what did you think of Sydney Stack's return to footy last week? Uh, it was interesting, Doc. Um, I think he started all right early. Uh, you've got to remember, he hasn't played in probably 12 months at AFL level. So yeah. he started well, but then vanished a little bit. But I, I thought... His effort was there. It, it was really interesting. He was literally playing centre-half back. So it's going to be a bit, <laughs> bit of a test tonight, I think. Um, but he's definitely got the physical attributes. I thought, I really, yeah, I was really impressed with Mansell and Grimes last week. And um, sure, it was okay. So, look, it, it's a tough game. But I'm not confident, boys. I think I'm going to have to tip Brisbane. Oh, the first time this year, I reckon I've tipped against Richmond. Yeah, well, geez, it's, it's taken it's taken a month of poor footy, but he's back against his own mob. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think I'll back in the Lions this week. Yeah, well, it's at, well, it's at Metricon now, isn't it? Um, yeah, was it the MCX out of last week, Doc? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah look, I, I, look, I'm inclined to tip Brisbane. I think Richmond. I don't know what's happened to them now. It's sort of. That, that, they, they were in charge for about three quarters of that game last week against Collingwood. Then somehow they just slipped. Three quarters in the last, th- three tackles in the last quarter is not good enough for mine. It's a, no. it, it's just for a side that you know bases its game on tackling pressure. That's not good enough for, for mine. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I expect the Tigers will have some sort of response for Jack's three hundred, as you've said, Mel. But at the moment, I think the Lions would would be a, a bit annoyed that they um, allowed St Kilda to run away with the footy last week. I'm going to back them in. Yeah, they'd yeah. be disappointed, I think. Also, 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 can I just say the way that um, Mark Robinson on 360, I don't agree with him often, but he made oh, a that, really that's, good... That's never a good start to a sentence, but go on. <laughs> no, but he, no, but he made a really good point about um, how, how we've treated these removalists uh, in, in New South Wales. They're going to get away scot-free. They'll probably get a slap in the wrist, but Sydney Stack got a month in prison in, in mm. WA for literally doing the same thing. Yeah, it's a great point. It is a really good um, point. So, if, if we're not if we're not coming down hard on these crooks who are deliberately uh, ignoring COVID protocols, what the hell are we doing as a bloody country? <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, uh, very good point, Doc. We'll uh, run through the remainder of the tips for the round as we start to wind down here. Uh, last week, obviously, myself and Miller with the four, Doc with the three. So me and Doc are tied on eighty-five now, and Miller's still, of course, out in the lead on ninety. I've, I've, I've He's given the tipping up my, king. I've given up my footy tips this year. Oh, <laughs> oh, there it is. It always happens about round seven and eighteen. He's back to him. <laughs> yeah. Every time He's I think I've, everything I've. Every time I think I've tipped a winner, I end up getting three. So, so get stuff. I hate, <laughs> I hate, I hate this game. I hate I this hate game. It here. So, 
I hate it here. Let's run through the rest of the tips for the round, boys. The Suns oh. and the Dogs at Metricon Stadium. Really good ins for the Dogs this week. Norton, Crozier, Dunkley, all back in. Dunkley, yeah. very excited to see the dunk. And 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 Jamara still in too, boys, which I'm very happy yes. about. I thought I thought his I thought his pressure last week was very good. Give him another crack and a few injuries, of course, for the Suns too. Greenwood, Markov, and Day all coming out, but Graham Corbett and Noah Anderson all back in. Um, I'm going to back the dogs. I don't, I don't know if it'll be as much for demolition as it was earlier in the year, um, but I'll back the dogs. It, it won't be. Uh, I reckon we've we've slowed up a bit this year. Uh, sorry, last few weeks in particular. Um, we can't bobble it to the Suns here. We can't. <laughs> yeah, I'll go the dogs, but I think the, the Suns will attack hard. They've, they've been confident the last couple of weeks. Melbourne and Hawthorne. Uh, Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne. CJ's injured, so there's no reason to watch the Hawks anymore, really. Hawthorne are $9.20 to win this game. That'll, I mean, put a house on a duck. You know, <laughs> yeah. Sneaky tenor. No, I'll put, 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 put all my life savings on it. They cannot lose. Saturday night, I'm actually very, very keen for this game, boys. The this Saints be a great game. Port. I'm tipping the Saints in this game. I think Port have shown time yeah. after time that they crumble under the pressure, and I think... Uh, the Saints are in the position yeah. to really bring it to them on Saturday night. So I'm back with like Ro- the Saints. Also. Rosie and Butters are out. Um, mm. they're, they're injured. Botlop's injured, which is, uh, you know, no skid off my nose. And personally. Tom, Tom Curly Fry's got omitted. Got dropped. Yeah. I think the first time ever he's been dropped. Yes. Yeah, um, I'm going to persist with uh, Jared Leanett and Trent McKenzie at fullback. Apparently. Uh, Lentils is a defender. J- J- Jared Lentils. Um, oh, look, I think the Saints will get up. Um, the, the Port, Port, not only we've, have we talked about their inability to put the good sides away, but I think the Saints are actually starting to play some really good footy at the moment. Dunstan's, Dunstan's in career best form. Can't believe we're saying that. Uh, Jack Steele's doing his thing. Zach Jones is in. Uh, Max King's starting to, starting to pick up his form too. Yeah. No, good call. Um, we'll have a look at Sunday as well, gentlemen. North and Essendon. Oh, yes. Leading the way. Now, how, how are you feeling about this game, Kat? North, we've talked about playing uh, some pretty decent footy. They are playing some decent footy. I think we've had the wood over them for a couple of years now, so I'm um, still confident that we can get it done, even up in neutral territory. I'll back us against the Roos. Yeah. yeah. I, I I do like the Bombers, but I, I would I will think North will come at you pretty hard, oh, mate. He's got... Heppel, Heppel back in this week as well, Doc. Makes me very happy to see a bit of leadership coming back into the team as well. Yeah, that, that, that is very true. That and very Sammy, true. Sammy Durham travelling with the squad too. I'm really, really happy to see um, that he's been he's been right on the cusp since he got drafted, really. He had that one week in the VFL, he proved himself, and he's been in emergency every week since then. So I don't think a debut is far away. Oh, surely he gets a debut in the next couple of weeks. No you know, doubt. Um, I'll go SNN here. Very good. All right. Carlton and Collingwood, supposed to be the MCG. Um, This is a hard one. I don't really know who to tip here. I've said I'm not tipping the Blues anymore because they haven't given me any reason to, and they were bloody flat last week. Um, But the Pies are sort of charging at the moment. They've had a few good wins um, in the last couple of weeks, so I don't really know. I think I'll back the Blues. The Blues are the bloody reason we're in this mess. The way way they're kicking the footy gave us all COVID and we're in lockdown. (laughs) I'll back Um, back up. You're going Carlton. You yeah. I'm going oh, Carlton. Nah, go go the pies. I think they've Ooh. I think they've I think they've been playing some pretty decent footy. <laughs> go, go pie. Go, go pie. pie. Go the, the crumb and now, the now, now, now this is an interesting tip. I'm I'm interested to hear oh. what you boys are going with here. Because uh both sides are absolutely garbage at the moment. 
Texas um, in. I'm going Crows. Texas Ooh. in. No, I think um, they've still got too many outs for me at the Chrome. I'm going to back the Eagles. Oh, I said last week. Connor West getting his debut as well, boys. Really good to see. Oh, yeah, that. that is fantastic. Um, best wishes to him. Uh, I think I tipped West Coast. Um, change the, 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 it. The, <laughs> I think I might actually change it, but I'll have to. I'll have to wait to see the full teams in. But Connor yeah. West is a good in for mine for the Eagles. He's been. I would love. I would love to see the Crom sen- win this. It would be pretty sensation- sensational. <laughs> in the waffle. Uh, sensational. Is our man Connor West? Um, in the last game of the round, uh, the Battle of the Bridge, as they like to call it. Yeah, the Battle of the Bridge in Queensland. The Giants and the Swans. Uh, Giants obviously have been very up and down sort of this middle portion of the season, losing by slimmest of margins last week to the Gold Coast, but then beating the Ds the week before. Um, I just don't know what to make of them still, boys. I think Leon Cameron still They're doesn't shit. know what, what he's doing with this team, really. <laughs> so I'll back the Swans in for this one. Yeah, Swans, Swans comfortably here. I reckon 40 point. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Jordan Dawson better kick another three goals this week. Otherwise, <laughs> I will not be happy. Um, yeah, Sydney easy. Sydney easy, he says. Yeah, why not? Um, he says. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I oh, think that's um, that's going to do us this week's episode of the A3 Footy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Like we said at the beginning of the episode, if you're in Victoria, New South Wales, make sure you stay safe, uh, as always. We're all obviously uh, in this situation together, uh, aside from the removalists, like we mentioned before as well. Yeah, we, 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 can all, we can all give them the boot up the ass. Fuck you, dogs! Um, but yeah hopefully I I, I do hope for all the people up in Queensland in Western Australia and South Australia you do get to enjoy a good weekend of footy uh, because it's uh, watching it on the telly (laughs) watching it on the telly Um, but if you want to make sure you follow us on all our socials we're on all all the things you could imagine Facebook and Instagram A3 Footy Podcast on Twitter at A3 Footy we've got the email as well a3footy at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you think about your team's run home. Obviously, we're at the business end of the season now, six weeks to go until the final start. So uh, let us know what you make of the run home coming up. A few teams have got it harder than others, like we said. Um, but with all that said, and uh, until next week, hopefully with some more positive news, I've been <laughs> Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Doherty. Make sure you join us then and uh, calm the bombers. Hopefully calm the dogs. He's never confident. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 